KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. From the campus of Stanford University and on location, this is the Innovators Radio Show and Podcast, featuring in-depth one-on-one interviews with mission-driven entrepreneurs, renowned thought leaders, and game changers committed to ideas, innovation, and getting the heck out of the building. Our radio show and podcast eliminates the struggle, breakthroughs, and exceptional outcomes game changers bring to industries, organizations, and lives. Today, we're truly honored and excited to be joined by Christopher Lay, CEO and co-founder of LeanIn. Chris is a, again, co-founder of LeanIn Capital Management. His background includes professional practice in healthcare, financial services, technology, and specialty finance industries, and significant experience operating in private equity and hedge fund investment environments. Feel free to visit their website at leonidfinance.io. Again, leonidfinance.io. Hello, Chris. We're honored to have you on. Thanks for being here, truly. Thanks, Tom. I'm really looking forward to it. Appreciate the chance to chat with you. What, what's a favorite quote or mantra of yours? You know, we start a show off like that to capture the uh, essence of our right. great guest. Yeah. Uh, uh, a, a mantra that I, that I use a lot, both in my personal life and then here at the office, really comes from my background in boxing. So um, boxed in high school and, and have done so throughout grad school and then even now, you know, on a very amateur level today. And the the quote that one of my early coaches always imparted on us as students was look there's always an ali out there which is to say you may be doing great you may be excelling amongst your current group of students you may have won a string of your most recent fights but there's always someone that is preternaturally gifted that much better and they're just always going to be a muhammad ali out there in whatever space that you're working in and it's a great reminder to stay humble work hard certainly right Mm -hmm. certainly to aspire to excel in 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 how you are choosing to spend your time and energies but always remain humble because there's always somebody out there that that can teach you something really really important how is that being a, a boxer transferred and translate to you working at Leonid in all that you have to you work with clients and prospects? Yeah, I I, I would say on a day to day basis, it it translates most effectively in the hours from call it six p.m. to all hours of the evening. Th- those times of the night where. You're tired. The the day-to-day immediate tasks are done and you still have plenty of wood to chop and you're you're working on building a business, right? It's in the same way that I, I have always found something that I love about boxing. When you're at your most tired, th- there's there's no room there to sort of let up, right? Like that's when you have to focus most on your discipline and your work ethic and and what you have learned to keep moving through and be successful in, in the most challenging, the most deficit, the most fatiguing hours of, of what you're doing. And again, I think that applies not only to boxing, your personal life, but business as well, right? It's, you always need to, you always need to really 
buckle down and focus in on what's important. So if it's building the company, that happens sort of out, outside the traditional hours, I think. On a client level or a deal basis level, you know, we really believe in being solutions oriented. Our clients are typically working on highly technical solutions for highly complex problems in the national security space. And if we're going to be an effective financial solution to what they're trying to accomplish, you know, it's going to require being very, very bespoke at times, being very, very thoughtful around what they're trying to accomplish, when they're trying to accomplish it, and make sure that we're being both effective and a, an efficient capital solution for them. And that that is very much moving off script in many cases and really focusing in on um, a, a tailored solution that works properly for them. What inspires you personally, Chris, to, to want to be that person? Yeah. Um, and that leader. Yeah. For me, many, many times I have two very, very vivid images that, that come to mind. Um, the first would be my, my younger brother, who is um, um, uh, infantry Marine. Now, he has since left active duty Marine Corps service and is, is a practicing attorney. But, um, you know, it, particularly throughout his deployments in Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, he was very much a, an inspiration for the work I was doing and he was always in my mind. And so, for me, that's always been a lesson that family, friends, there will always be people that are downrange in harm's way or will be downrange in the near future. And so it, it's always sort of, it's important for me to keep that perspective in mind with working with our clients because ultimately they are working to put resources, technologies, advantages in the hand of the US warfighter. And very personal for me because I know that person, right? I, I have, I have, I grew up with that person. In in that same way, I have a a, a photo of my grandfather, um, who was an aviator for the Navy throughout World War II, and the picture is very resonant with me because he is at that age. You know, he's probably twenty one at the time. It, it, it is this fitting image of my brother, which is to say it's generational, right? People in America and across the world have done this for generations, which is really sacrifice, risk in many, many ways, friends, family members, etc., cetera, um, for freedom, for, for the ideals that our country stands for. And so I, always remembering that this is not an abstraction. Yeah, we are just nerdy folks on the finance end of things, but there are people making very real sacrifices and we need to uphold that throughout our business model and how we practice our business. I'll ask you something I actually mentally was planning to do later, but I think it's a good segue. What about legacy to you, you know, and, and what it means to you to create a legacy Personally, yeah. I know I'm asking a little, even family and, and, and then sure. professionally. What's it mean to you, that legacy? <clears throat> it, that's, a, that's a big question, particularly at this time in my life as a father of three very young boys. Um, Great. Professionally, my co-founder, James Parker, and I had 
identified a, a real disconnect in our market, which is to say, you know, there are over 200,000 small and medium sized companies that are, are actively supporting the federal government. And that can be anything from US national security to intelligence, space, science, the Environmental Protection Agency, right? It's a, it's a broad spectrum of small and medium-sized private companies that are actively working to support the federal government. And despite that scale, banks will not lend against government contracts. They don't view them as a lendable asset. And that is the disconnect at its core that James and I felt compelled to create a solution for, which is what we're doing here at Leonid. Um, and in terms of legacy, I, like with humility, right? With this idea of there's always an Ali out there. Um, if we have a professional legacy, it's I, I hope that we become a broadly recognized private capital solution for what we view is as a major public challenge or issue, which is that, you know, these companies are working to put critical science in the hand of clinicians, critical technology in the hand of US national security. And it, if we can help sort of further make that process more efficient, more rapid, more effective, um, that will be a, a something I'd be, just incredibly, incredibly proud of that. That's, that's the impact that we hope to make from a lasting legacy perspective in our business. Um, family wise, I see my job as a father, as helping my children become and feel free and empowered to become the truest sense of themselves. Um, each of them are different, right? My, my children are very, very young in age and, even even at these very young at these very young ages, they have such clear and definitive personalities. And I, I my my true hope is that for them, they feel like my wife and I have helped support and empower them to be themselves, be authentic to who they are, pursue the things that they want to pursue. Um, and not somehow artificially sort of constrained by our own preconceptions of what they should or shouldn't be. Wow. This is a fascinating show, Chris, really. We're, we're, we're talking deep, today. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's for sure. We're talking today with Christopher Lay, CEO and co-founder of Leonid. For more information, you can visit their website at leonidfinance.io. Leonidfinance.io. I O on the uh, wow segue from the, the the legacy of that. What is it like for you and uh, and James when you see a, work with a client from beginning to where they approach you and say, "Hey, I don't know if we can do this. What can we do?" To where you actually help them and working with them. What's it like for you? I mean, what's the basically what's the feeling like it, to do that? It's it, it's. It, it, you know, I'll tell you, it's amazingly gratifying. In fact, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking about an interaction with a with a, a current client of ours. So, I mean, oftentimes we are encountering 
new companies, new entrepreneurs that maybe just getting their feet wet in working on a government contract. This may be their first contract that they have successfully bid on, they've won, they're just figuring out how to provide service in the US national security sphere. And A, we love working with that client type, right? We, we're entrepreneurs ourselves, so it's very, very, it's very much reflection of who we are as, as startup entrepreneurs also. But um, the chance to hear their thought process, how they're approaching things, understand, you know, perhaps they have a, a, a capacity constraint. They really want to be able to take their company to a ne the next growth stage, but they need to hire two new additional, additional data scientists right away. And, and they're just scratching their heads or they're at their wits end as to how they do that. How do I marshal the resources on my balance sheets to go hire that person knowing full well that I've got to hire them today. I may not be able to bill for them on this contract for another three months. And I might not see that payment for another 30, 45 days thereafter. And I am, I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed by that process. I don't want to miss out on an opportunity. That's a great opportunity for us to jump into action because we know that client type, we know the contracting ecosystem within which they're operating. And very, very quickly, we can, we can oftentimes come up with a great solution that gets them where they want to go in a rapid and efficient fashion. So to see somebody go from what, you know, what we would call sort of the, these early stage or pilot programs, something in the small business innovation and research end of the contracting world or, or SBIRs, have them successfully execute on those projects, grow, see their work being recognized at the federal government and them graduating into more enterprise level programs of record or some more specialized contract types that are called TACFI or STRATFI contract work. Again, these would be projects reflective of the fact that the government has said, gosh, these initial studies or these initial projects went well. These are valuable tools or resources that we can utilize on a, on a, on a more broad federal layer. And we're going to embrace this project and give this group a larger opportunity to grow, expand, more, more fully articulate how they can provide their service or their specialty. And if we can be a small part in that growth trajectory for them, that's, that's a fantastic outcome. Something we're very, very proud of when it, when it comes to paths. Have you ever quantified if it's even possible the impact of what you've done or what you're doing for these companies and the impact to the federal government that it has. Sure, I, I, I'll, I'll give you my favorite quantifier on impact and it's, it's the number zero, meaning I'm not asking for any equity dilution on our, on our client's end of things. They're able to leverage their contracts secure a term loan or working capital line of credit with us, and they haven't given up an ounce of ownership in their business along the way. So I, I, for me, that, that's, a, that's a prime mover. And I think equity is very much on my mind, again, as a, as a business owner, and I know it's on theirs, and I, we want to reflect that in our business model. Um, you know, to date, we have financed... It's growing. In fact, I have to sort of, I have to go back and sort of recalculate, but tens of millions of dollars of 
contracts. Um, along that way, have worked with 30 different federal agencies, everything from within and around uh, the Department of Defense, intelligence, uh, space to National Science Foundation, the Environmental Protection Agency, um, Department of Homeland Security. Um, I, I want that metric to become universal across the government spectrum. We love to work with every group that our process is conformant with. And it's interesting, I, we get asked a lot amongst our investor base, how big can this go? And you know, it's, it's a great question. Um, active right now amongst those 200,000 some odd small and medium sized businesses active in our space, they're transacting on $2.9 trillion of government contract funding. So this can get, um, I think it's fair to say vast. Um, and, and we're really, really excited about broadly communicating how our financing can dovetail with our client's contract. How it can really help be a prime mover in helping them get where they want to go. And you know, if you don't mind me saying so, it, it's particularly important in our space, Tom, because there are very, very few venture capital or growth equity investment funds that are active in our space. And, and as a result of that, the dilution that our client base often sees when they do do a, a equity round is, is typically much, much higher than someone that's working in say commercial tech. And so we, we think that you know, call it at the end of the day, very plain vanilla financing can have a really galvanizing effect across the federal ecosystem. And, and our mission, as we see it, is to make that uh, available, make people aware that it's out there and tr craft transaction structures that are, you know, are, are helping people be that much more effective in what they're working to accomplish. This may sound a bit simplistic, but and correct me if you think I'm wrong, it's, it sounds as if you're taking what's the, the ordinary and making it extraordinary. I I appreciate your characterization of it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't think that's wrong, right? Like okay. I, the the fact that commercial banks and the traditional players in our space will not lend against these contracts for me is the extraordinary, right? It's sort of the, mm. it, it is a very shocking disconnect. Our view based on a statistical analysis is actually these contracts at the end of the day are extremely valuable off balance sheet assets that are, that we absolutely can lend against the, the market. If you don't mind me being a little bit wonky about it, the market has significantly mispriced the value of those assets. And that's the, that's the opportunity as we see it in our space from an investment strategy. It's, and, and, and we're solving that in, in, in just, as you said, a very, very like pedestrian manner, right? Like we're not mm -hmm. reinventing the wheel here. People want to want a, a term loan, right? Just like they have got a mortgage for their home or a car loan. We can put together a loan structure that's sized and structured on their government contracts. And that gives them in many cases, the firepower to more than it, in many situations, more than double their top line revenue run rates.
right? It's it's powerfully mm. moving them forward. Um, and all the more gratifying on our side because you know they're providing amazing technologies. They're they're injecting really, really impressive IP into the government system, which we think is critical from a mission perspective, from a scientific and knowledge perspective. Um, and again, with the infantry marine that's deployed out there right now, just like my brother was, there are people making real sacrifices and they deserve as much support as we can possibly give. Well stated. This is the Innovators Podcast, KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. We're talking today with Chris Lay, CEO and co-founder of Leonid. Our uh, public service announcement for today's show with Chris is the um, Special Operations Association of America, SOAA. The Special Operations Association of America advocates for all past present and future members of the special operations community and their families fighting for those who fight for us to ensure the mission success and lethality of those that bear the greater burden. S-O-O, correction, S-O-A-A is a 501c19 veterans nonprofit organization registered with the IRS. To learn more about the team, feel free to visit their website at S-O-A-A aa.org that's s o a a .org again we're talking with Christopher Lay CEO and co-founder of Leonid Chris why does share with your audience today what why the organization matters much to you yeah um I, we had the very very special opportunity to be invited to serve on on the special operations association of america's board several years back and it, immediately, it was resonated it resonated with both James and myself because here is a group that really embodies what we think is a core mission at Leonid, which is to support veterans, veterans' families, and their communities. Um, that mission just became even more visceral, much more personal, having the special opportunity to meet with another one of the board members, uh, a, a woman named Jacqueline Scott. She goes by the name Jax. Mm. Jax was part of what are called CSDs or cultural support teams. These are females that would often accompany um, in other aspects, all male special forces teams, particularly in Afghanistan um, over the last several years, but they're deployed broadly across the U S alongside their male counterparts. I, to be honest, I was not aware that there were females forward deployed in combat amongst special forces teams. And there are, and, and, and Jax was one of these. The shocking part for me was not only was I ignorant of that fact, but uh, the, the, the VA that provides medical care for women like Jax is also in many cases ignorant of their role in combat, so much so that they get a lot of pushback when they report into the VA for medical care. And, and so SOA is championing an act of Congress right now called the JAKS Act, which is to provide greater awareness and to further codify female CST officers role so that they're able to more easily and effectively receive the medical care that they very, very, very richly deserve. 
right? These are women that have been wounded in combat. They have been very, very, very much forward deployed. And that, that sacrifice and service certainly deserves recognition at the very least amongst their fellow service members. And so it, 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 for those listeners out there, there's a, a wealth of information on the JAXA Act via the SOA website. Please go search it out. It, it's something that um, we're very, very passionately supportive of. Excellent. Chris, what would, uh, what would you like to share with your audience today that we may not have talked about or touched on? Um, it's a, it's a great question, Tom. Um, yeah. I, I would say, and this is sort of a reflection of the fact that we have, we have been, um, actively raising capital into our fund, um, at, which pools investor capital and deploys it into our strategy of lending within the, within the government space. I, I, I would really like to probably draw more attention um, to just the, the opportunity that investing across the government ecosystem in general um, offers to people, particularly right now, in sort of this backdrop of greater macroeconomic uncertainty, uncertainty around presidential tenure, the geopolitical situation, um, A, you know, investing in U.S. national security, intelligence space, and science companies broadly, I think, makes sense. But, you know, one of the real attributes that I think might make sense to your listenership is the fact that, say, government contracting grows largely insensitive of the overall macroeconomic environment. Um, particularly in the DOD space, it tends to grow very consistently across time, regardless of who's in the White House. Um, it, one of my favorite stats on, in, on this theme is during periods of recession, DOD contract budgets tend to grow 18% year over year, which, which you know, for all the obvious reasons presents a really, really nice, and if you want to call it a defensive, forgive the, the, the pun, but a, a defensive and diversifying investment opportunity for people, right? It doesn't have to be with us, right? But there are, there are people that are active in the government space. I'm, I'm dead certain that there will be more so in the, in the years and decades to come. Um, but it, it's a broad investment sector that tends to grow at multiples of GDP, excuse me, of GDP, and does not fluctuate with near the same amount of volatility and variance as, say, the bond market or the stock market does. And so I, 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 think, it's, I think it's worth people sort of double-clicking on and, and investigating mm -hmm. on their own. Superb. We've got a, uh, in our, in our closing out here, a, a take on your uh, your mantra and quote about there's always an Ali out there is uh, you've heard the the phrase people say there's always some there's always someone somebody tougher smarter uh, brighter more focused than you right we've heard that before okay what's of your course. thought on why not be that somebody be that somebody oh uh, yeah I I think it's incumbent upon us to absolutely work every day to be so for sure. I, I, 
but at the same time, I, I to do so with humility in the investment space, to do so with that same humility, recognizing that there are individuals and, and their families that are making real sacrifices in the area of national security, and to always keep those things in mind. I I, I think it is it 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 behooves us broadly to to have that perspective. But yeah, if, if, like, if we're thinking big and, and, and I, I appreciate your approach, yeah, we want to be the, we want to be the hundred pound gorilla in the space. That's absolutely our intention. It's one of the reasons we love being a first mover. It's one of the reasons we're very, very proud of our track record to date. And if I may say so, have garnered some, some really, really exciting institutional investor support recently as well. So we're, you, you will see us increasing our strategic footprint in the government space markedly in the coming days and weeks and months. Outstanding. Chris, it's been a true honor and pleasure having you as our guest today. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Tom. I really appreciate the opportunity to, to share the story and the mission with you and the audience. We love the show. We listen to it a ton. So this is this is a special treat for us also. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, oh thank, happy Thanksgiving to you and to, to for all your family and uh, workers as well. You've been listening to the Innovators Podcast and Show. I'm yours truly, Tom Dior. Our honored guest today was Christopher Lay, CEO and co-founder of LeanIt. LeanIt gives change makers a better way to access the capital they need to fulfill their government contracts. For more information, feel free to visit their website at leonidfinance.io. Again, that's leonid, L-E-O-N-I-D, finance.io. The Innovators Podcast is recording at Stanford University Studios and on location. Today, our senior audio engineer is Chris Holt, and the chief engineer is Mark Lawrence. Thank you for listening. That's our show. KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM.